It's the Duck Logic Comedy Half Hour. 30-ish minutes of sketch comedy, improv, songs, and whatnot pulled from the audio archives of Duck Logic, a Chicago improv group that produced their own two-hour comedy show called The Cavalcade that played on WLUP AM 1000 Radio in Chicago back in the day. Plus, there's some new stuff thrown in for good measure. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a kooky stroll down memory lane with Duck Logic. Because they're wacky comedy guys. Just a bunch of comedy guys. Funnier than they realize. Those wacky, kooky, cut-up comedy guys. Hey! Hey, Tim! Over here! Come here, Tim! We're over here! Man, you were gone like you were gone forever. Where did you go? Yeah, they couldn't find parking. There's parking in the building. Yeah, for thirty dollars, and they don't validate. I was looking for street parking. Wait till Tim finds out it's a cash bar. Well, you made it. Have a seat. So they've got us sitting all the way over here. We're kind of in the corner. Yeah. Hey, hey. At least we got invited to the company party, guys. Right? Huh? Huh? Come on. Huh? Come on. Um, yeah, I, I guess. Only because Walt bumped into Mr. Filigree's secretary in the elevator. Did we less an invitation? Whatever. Look on the bright side. Yeah, okay. We're at the company lunch with all the other Fuzzco podcasters. Brian, Noonan, Wendy Snyder. Yeah, there you go. There's Paul Kilmartin. What's his podcast again? Seriously? The Mental Illness Happy Hour. He's like the grandfather of podcasts around here. The the first Fuzzco talent, as far as I can, uh, I'm pretty sure. It's something like five, ten years now, I think. Ooh, ooh, there's Bill Holmes. He does that car serum podcast with the monsters and the swords. Oh, it's with all kinds of stuff. Bill, Bill. I think he waved at you. I think he waved at Paul. You were just in his line of sight. Yeah, maybe. We're pretty much at the kids' table. Yeah, well... You mean the kid's card table? Yeah, and it's a little wobbly, huh? Here, Jim, shove this matchbook under that one leg over there, will you? Matchbook? Where'd you get a matchbook? Hey, we've got tons to be thankful for. Okay, mister, look on the bright side all of a sudden. Well, listeners like our podcast. Downloads are growing. Our audience spans the globe. Although, you know, it's mostly in the United States. You know, there's that one place in Germany, right? That's the, that's globish. It's a prison, I think. We might be big with the prisoners. That's okay. I'm good with that. I don't want to say captive audience, but I guess I just did. And in Asia, that's almost all the way around the globe. So, I mean, it is. It's the come globe. on, yeah, that's sure. well, to be I guess. I, yeah, we should look on the bright side. I mean, Joe the Love Potato was thankful in his Thanksgiving bit. Dr. Demento played it, I think. Remember that, guys? The Joe the Love Potato Thanksgiving bit. Quiet. Quiet, please. Quiet. Now, everyone, quiet down. Now, before we begin our Thanksgiving feast, I'd like my favorite nephew to say a few words. Yeah. Well, first, I think we should all thank that man upstairs. He worked for six whole days to bring us all this. And then he took eternity off. You know, of course, that I'm talking about old Uncle Ed. Yeah. You know, we'd never have all these picnic tables if he hadn't worked for the park district when he did. Oh, and hey, Aunt Sophie, nice job on the jello mold shaped like Squanto. Who'd have thought? Lime jello and corned beef hash. Mm-mm. Oh, and 
Aunt Trudy, thanks for saving that cranberry sauce from last year. You know, it's still shaped just like the can. And Aunt Jenny, thanks for bloating up for me. You know, I missed the Macy's Day Parade today, but I look at you and it's all right. And then, of course, my very own special gal who prepared the turkey today from scratch. Hatching that little egg, getting up at the crack of dawn for those fat, juicy worms, and then lopping off its head, stuffing it, and watching it through the oven window for hours. Boy, I sure hope it's not too dry. You know, clicking through my cable TV, I know we've got a lot to be thankful for. The Bears, Super Bowl victory, produced some of the best new bars and restaurants in Chicago. Bruce Springsteen's new live album is great. Now, my coffee table's level. Not to mention, the new Hollywood Squares. Jolt Cola, Terry Cloth, Merv Griffin, Anheuser Bush, the new Monkees, Stovetop Stuffy, Bo Derek, Bo Donaldson and the Haywoods, and Bo Ricks. Whew. All this thinking has got my head hurting a little bit. What do you say we wrap this up? Yeah. God is great. God's a pal. I thank him for my special gal. Yeah. Pass the cream corn. The DuckLogic Theatrical Historical Players would like to present their portrayal of the first Thanksgiving celebration in the continuing series, The Great American Tradition. All right, all right. Quiet up, everybody. Come on. Okay. The planning committee for the Thanksgiving feast is in session. First order of business is when are we going to have it? Any ideas? Uh, how about Tuesday? No way. It's too early in the week. You have a major feast on Tuesday, and you're shot for the rest of the week. Oh, okay. How about Monday? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that would mean a three-day weekend. We're pilgrims, not half-assed savages. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we've got work to do. Look, Christmas is a month away, right? Why don't we have it on Thursday? That way, people can ask each other what they want for Christmas, and they have the whole weekend to shop. That means we have to put up the Christmas decorations on Thanksgiving? That makes sense. We'll have to put up uh, extra constables on the streets to handle the crowds. What crowds? There's only 300 people in Plymouth. We have three stores. Two of them sell candles. It's people like you, Cecil, who ran the Roanoke Colony. And let me just ask you, where are they now? I still think they went to the Miami Colony for the winter. Right, Cecil. Next order of business, uh, what do we eat? Uh, I, no, like, I like pork. I like, I like, I like rice pudding. Rice pudding. Rice pudding. Uh, listen, guys, listen, guys. Guys, I'm a newlywed. Yeah, I'm surprised you made it to the meeting. Okay, no, okay, 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 all right. But listen, the only thing my wife knows how to make it is turkey and sweet potatoes. Mine too. Wow. Doesn't sound like much of a feast. I mean, turkey, for crying out loud. Why don't we invite some of the Indians? Those half-naked savages? Yeah, but they know how to cook all kinds of things. Berries, nuts, salmon, venison, corn. You're right, Ira. 
We'll invite the Indians to share our meal of Thanksgiving. Where are we going to put all these people? That's what I want to know. Uh, let's eat outdoors. We'll build long tables. Last time we did that was at Taste of Plymouth. Remember? The kids had a big food fight. Cecil was right. Tell you what. Let's make the kids eat at a separate table in the kitchens. Great idea. Let's make the Indians eat in the kitchen, too. You're a newlywed, Sam. I've been married to my wife for ten years, and uh, I wouldn't mind sitting next to Princess Pocahontas when she wears that little buckskin number, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, here's what we have so far. Thanksgiving on Thursday, we invite mm. the Indians over. The okay. kids eat at separate tables. Uh, we'll cook turkey, sweet potatoes, and and you know we have we got a lot of pumpkins, right? Oh so yeah. So let's cook some pumpkin pie, and the Indians will bring their food. I hope they don't bring over any of that cranberry jelly stuff. I still have some left over from last Christmas. It doesn't spoil or anything. Try using it as insulation. I use it in my attic. There's a good idea. Okay, next thing to think about is entertainment. I'm thinking that Princess Pocahontas will be entertained. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't let Captain Smith hear you say that. Let's burn a witch. Sam, you can't burn a witch every holiday. Uh. Besides, we don't have any witches left. Sarah Horseface has a ward. I saw it. She does? Well, yeah. well, we'll talk about that later on. Let's save her for Christmas Eve. Okay. Well, let's burn an Indian. We're inviting them to the feast, Sam. It's... Oh. Real yeah. <laughs> bad form to fry a guest. Uh, trust me on this. Okay. What I was thinking was that we all eat too much, then we lay on our parlor floors, holding our bellies and groaning while our wives clean everything up. And then after a few hours, we get up and make sandwiches from leftover food and sit back down and talk about the weather. Cecil, sometimes I think you may be a little too pilgrim. We need a game of some kind. A sport that will create civic pride. A team thing. You know, the Indians have this thing where they grab a pig and try to run with it across a line while the other Indians try to stop them. Well, whose pig is it? Shut up, Sam. I like this. Look, we divide everyone into teams. First, one team gets the pig, and they try to run into the other team's territory, see? Then the other side gets the pig, and they try to run with it into the other team's territory. Well, why don't they just share the pig? It's a sport. You don't share anything in sports. Oh, what would the teams be? Um, how about... The half-naked heathen savages against the founding fathers of Plymouth. Seems unnatural to me. The Redskins against the Pilgrims. Yeah, that might be better. You're an idea, man, Ira. I like that. Tell you what, you arrange a game with the Indians after the feast, but make sure we use one of our pigs. We've never played this game before. They'll kill us. No, we'll play it here, so that way we have the home meadow advantage. Well, they'll still kill us. Want to bet? Sure. Two chickens and an axe says they don't outpig us more than three. You're saying that they won't beat you at this sport by more than three pigs being crossed over into our territory? Yeah! This is getting complex. Uh, why don't we just burn a witch? Enough, 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 enough. The Thanksgiving feast will be followed by the Redskins versus the Pilgrims pig-carrying contest. Uh, uh, that covers that agenda. Okay. Are there any more matters of business? Yeah, I'd like to know about that sweetest day thing. Whatever yeah, happened well, with we that? Yeah, we're gonna eat for that. We yeah. could burn. We could burn a. I'm a some, newlywed. Some, we could burn something. How about how about Burning wood. Yeah. Wouldn't it? You know the Duck Logic Theatrical Historical Players thank you for listening to this edition of the Great American Tradition. You can't stop us if you don't know where we live. All right, you guys. While we wait for some food to get passed all the way over here, um, why don't we go around the table and say what we're thankful for? Tim, you go first. I, for one, am thankful for Edie the Breakfast Fairy. 
who taught us all a thing or two about dietary requirements. Good morning, boys and girls. I'm Edie, the Breakfast Fairy, with a daily diet calendar. Today's food is, mmm, leftovers. Leftovers are a good food, eat some every single day. Leftovers are a good food, makes your troubles go away. Leftovers are a good food, eat some, yes you can. So make a plate of leftovers, part of your breakfast plan. Good morning, Mr. Leftover. Can you tell the boys and girls what you're made of? Why, sure, Edie. I'm the picked-over carcass of a dead bird that overstays its welcome in your fridge, like in-laws from Dayton camped out on the sofa in your den. And along with congealed gravy, dried rubbery stuffing, brick-solid mashed potatoes, and cranberry jelly that oddly still looks the same, it's like a two-week-long botulism palooza. I can go from another dinner, to sandwiches, to pot pie, to a la king before you know it, until you're ready for some serious tryptophan withdrawal. Leftovers are a good thing, and they're easy to shuffle around from one shelf to another like Tetris until you finally just toss us in the trash. Thank you, Mr. Leftover. And remember, boys and girls, you are what you eat. And how about you, Jim? What are you thankful for? Remember that Thanksgiving when Jack Hailstone had trouble at his local grocery store and almost did something about it? Jack Hailstone is a mild-mannered truck driver for the UPS. But it wasn't always that way. As a child, he refused to get his hair cut by a barber until he was 11 years old. In college, he tried to padlock himself to a chain-link fence in protest, but he forgot the combination. Now, Jack Hailstone has a great car, a nice wife, and he makes good money. He keeps his nose to the grindstone and out of other people's business. But sometimes, something isn't right, something is wrong, and someday, he might just do something about it. He's almost fed up. He's just about had enough. He's Jack Hillstone, potential subversive. This week, see what happens when Jack picks up a few last-minute snacks before Thanksgiving football and discovers the bag boy left something out of the bag. And see six pack of beer, potato chips, and the well. Hey, where's the dip? I know I got some dip. It was French. It was French onion dip. Now look where I paid for it. Now I know I paid for the French onion dip. Honey, honey, did you see the kid put the onion dip in the bag? I can't eat these chips without dip. Jesus, God. Now look, here it is on the receipt. Now the kid didn't put it in the bag. I'm going back there. I paid for it. I'm gonna get it. I'm going back there. He probably swiped it. He's probably got. Oh, geez, look what time it is. I mean, I missed the kickoff. I, look, oh, God, they probably won't even remember it was me. It was so busy. It, boy, I really like French onion dip. I, I promised the car to the wife. And, all right, geez. But when I go back there next time, boy, that boy's going to get a dirty look from me, all right? Huh, you can't get away with this. God. Next week, Jack gets so fed up with the city's mass transit system that he decides to walk. On Jack Hailstone, potential subversive. Dad? Yeah, yeah, what do you want? Dad, tell me, tell me about the first Thanksgiving, Dad. Dad. First Thanksgiving. Okay, right. The Pilgrims, uh, they lived back in the 1600s, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
and nobody liked them in England. Nobody. They were dips. They had no personalities. And so they decided one day, like a bunch of crybabies, they got in this boat, the Mayflower. So they stuck every pilgrim in this boat, right? Yeah. yeah. And the king shoved it out to water. Mm-hmm. And then as they were sailing away, he was waving, Get lost. Don't come back, pilgrims. They were basically the first bitches, really, oh. to come to America. You come did. on. Okay. Okay, Just... so anyway, they're in this ship, right? Yeah. And they have all kinds of food. Mm-hmm. Cornbread, corn muffins, corn taters, corn flakes, corn dogs, everything you can think of made out of corn. So these Grimms, okay, because they're grim, depressing people. That's why they were called Grimms. They eat all the food like in 20 minutes, right when they get off the shore. So they eat all the food, and they're burping and belching and unbuckling those huge belt buckles. And they're all, oh boy, we shouldn't have ate all that corn. So anyway, these pills from England, they're smoking cigars left and right. Hey, 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 we blew off the king of England. We're going to have our own church, our own town. High five. Woo, you know. Because these pilgrims are hitting every pirate ship that passes. Pirates? And they're doing rude things to these pirate ships that pass, too. They're yelling, hey, is that a pirate ship? Are you just happy to see me? Then the month of December rolls in. And whoo-wee. They've never seen cold weather like this. It's like 195 below zero. Now they're starting to lose weight. They're looking like one of those Vogue models. They're all skinny and their bones are jutting out. They were cold. And no. get this. Uh-huh. Guess what they no, bring no, for no. a winter wrap? A windbreaker! <laughs> so all these pills are standing around with windbreakers on. So get this. They take a long trip over to New England. And you know how it's cold all the time in the wintertime. And here are these grim. And all they packed with them was a windbreaker. Anyway. What did the pirates do? Tell me more about the pirates. Sometimes the pirates would say, Look out, there's a lot of cold weather coming up, and all you, you have is windbreakers. And then, bingo! They hit Plymouth Rock head on, because this guy oh. doesn't know the first thing about steering a ship. Oh. Did the boat sink? Did the boat sink? No, it catapulted him onto the island. Just doink, and all the pilgrims went flying out of the ship. Yeah, and, the kids, but, and the kids come flying out? The kids looked like little adults. They yeah. did, just like those history books. Okay. They looked like little adults, and the, the parents looked like grown-up kids. And every night, they didn't know how to start fires either. These guys were great. They'd rub their big hats together. Rub their hats together? Trying to start a fire. Oh. Till an Indian came along, dig this, with a match. Lights a match right on a couple of sticks. Oh. And the Indians say, what's the lowdown on these new guys? And the Indian says, money. We're going to make a lot of money on these guys. We're going to sell wigwams, tents, corn, whatever we got. They don't got food. They don't got shelter. So they gave them a sandwich for all the pilgrims to split. A sandwich! Can you believe that? Was it peanut butter? The Indians just... Yes, it was a peanut butter sandwich. So the pilgrims were were wet in their pants. Yay, peanut butter sandwich! So now dig this. The Indians say... Since a lot of you guys died out here and you're kind of making the mess of our shore and not a lot of tourists will want to come visit us, why don't we have a dinner and clean up all the problems we have here? And that's what they did. They had this big dinner. And they, the Indians brought a big turkey and corn and uh, that stuff that you hang on your front door every year. I can't remember what that stuff is. And uh, they also had a relish tray. The pilgrims had the first relish tray. Very true. 
I'm tired, Dad. I'm going to bed. Hey, get back here. I'm telling you a story. Thanks for telling me about this. And then, and then, they were making jokes about the Indians having to go and help clean the dishes with get Pocahontas. Ready, Little snotty kid. Well, you're not going to hear the night before Christmas after that, smart Alex. Well, I, for one, I'm thankful that there's places to go, bars and clubs out there, doing something special for the holiday. Because I don't know about you guys, but, but after this party, I'm going to want to go out to a bar or something. I wish there was some place we could go, some uh, dictaphone, let's say, that we could call, and they would tell us. Barbeat presents What's Happening. This Thanksgiving, the place to dance off those excess home-cooked calories is at Macon Bacon, where the volatile John Smith and the erotic pilgrims will serve up their special brand of good-time random cord banging all night long. Anyone who can prove they're of American Indian descent will be given too much whiskey to drink, injected with smallpox, and have all their personal property and much of their native culture stolen right out from under their noses. Then they'll be forced to live in a small corner of Macon Bacon's parking lot for the rest of their natural lives. So join the good times this Thursday at Macon Bacon. If you hunger for a traditional Thanksgiving dinner, then make reservations at Barney's Big Fat Tavern. As soon as you walk through the door, you'll be led to a small rickety TV table in the other room where you'll spend your holiday feast with the disturbed children of Barney and their annoying cousins all night long. You'll be flooded with the kinds of memories that bring tears to the eyes and a sharp searing knife-like pain to the lower intestines as you dig into mounds of overcooked turkey, dry stuffing, bizarre combinations of jello and cranberries, lumpy mountains of gravy mashed potatoes, and steamy, sugary, resiny crocks of sweet potatoes. After you've finished your dessert of leathery pumpkin pie, you can join Barney and his friends as they lay on the floor of the lounge watching It's a Wonderful Life, your body shaking with enough deep organ belching and bone-jarring flatulence that you'll regret the day you were born. And that's what Thanksgiving is all about at Barney's Big Fat Tavern. Meanwhile, at the Holiday Inn, the Wedding Rings Off Lounge is proud to present Elvis impersonator Anthony LeClaire live on stage. Anthony will channel the King of Rock and Roll if the King of Rock and Roll was a short, balding man in a turkey suit who played Funky Town over and over on a harmonica while demanding people in the front row buy him Corvassier and Coke with a dash of lime. I'm Steve Cronin. Call the Bar Beats Dictaphone if you've got nothing better to do. Hey, wait, 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 shh, shh, shh. It's, it's, uh, the CEO, the Mr. Filgree, he's, he's got a glass up, he's, he's making a speech, making a toast. Is it going to be about that Oxford comma thing in our scripts like the last time? I, I doubt, I really doubt it, David, okay, let it go, okay? I, I know, ad hoc rallying cry, I know, shh, but just shh, shh, shh. what's he saying? We're so far away, we might as well be in the other room. He said something about four goat projectors. Wait, wait, I'm, re wait I'm reading this letter. Extending our hideous leech. Inquisition of Portuguese tap dancers? Oh, I hope so. I love tap dancers. Well, wasn't that something? We've all been having a grand time here at our Thanksgiving celebration on the Duck Logic Comedy Half Hour, but no Thanksgiving celebration would be complete without a Christmas song or two, right, Walt? That's right, Dave. Like this cut from Holiday Hokum, the Duck Logic Holiday Album, available for your listening pleasure on Spotify, Apple Music, and anywhere else fine music is streamed. That one? That's the one, Walt. Let's both listen in, shall we? Right now. My family sent me down when I was three. They said, Johnny Jr., some people are coming over this Christmas that we don't want to see. 
uncles and aunts without transplants, relatives who've seen signs. The world is coming to an end soon as they cross state lines. So be a good boy every year, full of laughter and good cheer. And if you see out-of-state plates, it's time to flee. It's the start of Christmas time with your extended family. All the kids act so excited Till they find out who's invited Old grudges will be reignited An extended family Christmas Ham is cooking in the oven With mother's special kind of loving The type that makes you second cousins An extended family Christmas Uncle Pete's inebriated Father's visits conjugalated Here's to the incarcerated and Extended family Christmas Don't be afraid to ask who's who Don't make eye contact with anyone new Don't ask how they're related to you It's all part of being true To the feeling that this has to end too You'll see the holiday love and damage Done by an extended family you don't know most of the people here The guy with the twitch is new this year Turn around, someone else appears Extended family Christmas In-laws talking politics Carrying on like giant dicks Daughters pierce and spell 666 Extended family Christmas Soon the evening ends in shame Who brought out that one dumb game? Your sister's new boyfriend was framed Extended family Christmas Passing casseroles and blame Ankle bracelets all the same Memories going up in flames Extended family Christmas Skip dessert Hit the road before this gathering implodes. It all gets sucked down the commode. Extended family Christmas. Extended family Christmas. Oh, oh yeah. Oh no. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, hey guys. At least we're getting some food passed down here. Look. Yeah, an empty plate of stuffing. Oh. Cranberry sauce. Yeah, and it's still shaped like the can. But, oh, wait, and, and whatever this is. It's tofurkey. Tofu made to look like turkey for vegetarians. Um, yeah, it's not exactly a turkey. <laughs> well, no, it's kind of like, it's more like a football encased in a leathery fanny pack. Mmm, eat up. You said it, Tim. Happy, Happy Thanksgiving! <laughs> Well, there you have it, the Duck Logic Comedy Half Hour, show number 31. Featuring in alphabetical order, Mike Crawford, David Unlosky, Ann and Walter Mitchka, James F. Russell, and Tim Thomas. Extended Family Christmas by Tim Thomas, and available on Spotify, Apple Music, and wherever fine music is streamed. Join us next time, won't you? I don't want to tell you what to do, but subscribe to the Comedy Half Hour, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Our website is ducklogiccomedy.com, and our old cable show is Cableville USA. It's somewhere on YouTube. Portions of the show were previously broadcast on the radio way back in the day under the copyright of Duck Logic Limited and the licenses of WLUP AM and FM in Chicago.
I, uh, I hope you survive Thanksgiving.